thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm really excited to be joined on the show by one of my favourites, Lola Berry. Now, Lola is a bit of a TV celebrity. You've probably seen her in some of the uh, daytime TV shows. She's also a nutritionist. She's a yoga teacher, and she's just an all-round awesome wellness advocate. You know, I was saying to Lola earlier, one of the things I love about Lola is whenever I look at her, because I follow her on everything, like all the social medias, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, all of those sort of things, and one of the things I love about watching Lola is that she just goes to the beat of her own drum and and by that I you know I don't want you to think that she's a bit of a crackpot like she's not at all but she just does things her own way it's really clear that everything she does she does in her own way for her own fun and with her own purpose and and I think that's a really cool thing and I think there's probably not much bigger compliments you could give someone than that so without further ado I'm going to introduce one of my favorite wellness celebrities in Australia Lola Berry welcome to the show that was a great introduction. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you did. I was I was worried I was going to like offend you by you know saying you're kind of a bit wacky and weird, but I, that's not what I meant to say at all. So I'm glad it came across okay. So I love being weird. Don't worry, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. We're going to get along great. That's fine. Um, so, Lola, look, you are like you're the guru, you're the celebrity, you're on TV, you're everywhere. But but let's go right back to the start. You know, how did this whole health and wellness journey start for you? Oh, to be completely honest with you, like I wasn't even a tiny bit healthy. I um, I was a drama school dropout and I began DJing by night and I was a makeup artist and like fashion stylist by day. And my favourite food were lamingtons and giant caramel and koalas. So like not even a tiny bit healthy. And then, of course, I had a crush on a boy when I was like 18, 19 and um, I wanted to look good in a bikini at summertime. Anyway... I started to embark on this. I called it my summertime detox and it was just really about pulling all the packet stuff out of the diet and just I started eating really nutrient-dense food and I was like the, actually the weight side of it became a byproduct. What I was really blown away by was like my mind was clear. You know, my eyes were really white. I could focus. Um, I felt like I was sleeping better. I felt like I was genuinely more in touch with myself and I – I kind of like I backed myself a lot more as well because mm. I felt like I grasped who I was a lot more. Like I felt in touch with myself again. I know that sounds a bit crackpotty and 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 hippie, but um, that's probably how it made me feel. And then my one of my good friends at the time said, "Lola, you have to study this." And I was like, "Science degree? Nah, <laughs> like I'm not that smart." Anyway, I did. I enrolled into a Bachelor of Health Science, majoring in nutritional medicine, and failed a few subjects I had to really work hard on the final exams to get past failing the uh the mids and just really um about three months in I woke up one morning and I was like I've got it Steve Irwin of fruits and veggies and um <laughs> yeah most people at that point laugh and they go Are you gonna wrestle broccoli in? I love like, that I love Steve Irwin. That's awesome. Amazing. My The Happy Cookbook is dedicated to my two heroes, my dad and Steve Irwin, because Steve Irwin, it wasn't about um, necessarily the content for me. It was about his authentic um, enthusiasm for yeah. the message that he was spreading, and that's what um, 
blew me away probably the most. I was like, fuck, man. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm I swear, but um, sorry. <laughs> um, but I was like, far out. This guy's so real and so honest and unapologetically himself. You could tell he didn't really bother, if, you know, what other people thought. And anyway, so that inspired me. So I got three jobs. I was working in a health food store, um, a waitress at a bar at night, and I was cleaning toilets as well just to save up and buy a video camera. And then I'd talk to camera every morning. And that's kind of how I started working more in this kind of medium. So so you started obviously seeing clients. Like where was your practice? What sort of stuff were you doing? Yeah. No. So I actually I started filming stuff um, halfway through my degree. And then I started radio about two-thirds through. And then the second that I finished my degree, so your final year of your degree, you do have to practice in clean. But the yeah. second that I finished, I got signed to Morning TV. So it was a wow. show in um, Melbourne called 9am with David and Kim, which was kind of like, yeah, the morning show. Yeah. Anyway, and um, I got signed to that. So I moved to Melbourne and I started working in a juice bar and then I um, started to realise, wow, I'm doing one segment every two weeks on morning TV won't pay the rent. And so that was when I started taking clients. So I've always dipped in and out of taking clients throughout my career, but it's definitely, um, it's very hard and I'm not, I'm not saying it's in a bad way, but like, it's not my passion taking clients. My passion is, you know, that really, I guess, for lack of a better word, like whimsical and ethereal life where I can go on adventures or film something really cool or um, shoot something really cool and, and spread a message that way. I think there are plenty of other practitioners that are much better and much more passionate at it than, than what I am. I'm probably a bit um, a bit too woo-woo and a little bit too left of field, but I still do take clients that that are, that are just like, we really want to see you. I'm like, all right, all right. But it's always, I barely prescribe supplements. I'm very much whole foods and mindfulness practice and, you know, biophilia, healing power of mother nature. I kind of go a bit more down that spiritual path, even though I've had the real science training. Yeah, I love that. That sounds perfect. So this kind of comes back to, I guess, what we said right at the start, right? Like you're talking about how you backed yourself in, how you had obviously, you know, a pretty fair degree of self-confidence to be able to go from, you know, not even having finished your degree yet to already doing, um, you know, media and social media and, and putting yourself out there like that. So what, where did that come from for you? It's funny. I filmed, um, so I, when I got that video camera, um, I was living on the Gold Coast with my boyfriend at the time and he was a surfer. So we'd go to Byron Bay every weekend and hit the poor thing. We used to call each other Cheens. So for the purpose of this story, when you say Cheens, it was his sound nickname. So um, we'd be driving to Byron Bay and I'd say, Cheens, pull the car over. And he's like, what now? And I'm like, there's a macadamia plantation, quick. And so I'd jump out of the car. I'd jump the fence of the macadamia plantation. Oh, and stealing. I'd stand there and get him to film me and talk about <laughs> how they're high in good fats and great for the brain. we get back in the car, drive a bit further down the road. And I'd be like, Cheens, stop the car. And he'd be like, lols, what now? And I'd be like, a banana plantation, same thing, illegally jump the fence, film about tryptophan and why they make you feel happy and da-da-da. So I had all this footage. I collected hamburgers and filmed them every day for eight months. And I um, had a good friend that lived in Melbourne called Oscar and he was a producer by trade. And I said, do you feel like a trip to Queensland? And he filmed, and I said, just put, look, this is before Facebook, this is before Twitter, Insta, this is like MySpace days. And um, <laughs> I said, let's film it and put it together just as a show reel and I'm going to send it. At that stage, I think I wanted to send it to Oprah or something ridiculous like that. I had no concept of, 
of where I thought it could or would go. Anyways, we filmed the first ever one, which was called a brockumentary, like broccoli documentary. And that was just him cutting up all my footage. And he said, why don't we do a web series? And I said, a what? And he goes, a web series, short little episodes that we put online that are free to view. And I was like, okay. Had no money. I was still in my middle of my degree. And um, I walked into Commonwealth Bank and I said, hey, hey, I need to organize a loan. And they're like, okay, what's your loan for? And I said, textbooks. Uh, <laughs> and I spent the whole thing on the, the film crew. And uh, we shot the first series in Queensland and that got a really good response. And then we... Um, you know, we shot the second series. But when you were saying, going back to your question about how did I know, when we were filming that first series in Queensland, there was a point where I was holding a piece of garlic and I was talking to camera and just about garlic and its health benefits. And at that point, I didn't know where this footage would go. I didn't know if it would even get off the ground. But, like, I could feel it in my heart that I was doing the right thing and time stopped for me. And in psych, they call that flow. So they say that's when you're, you know, living your innate calling or what you should be doing. So I'll always check in with myself and make sure that I've got that feeling and I feel like I'm, you know, time is stopping for me and, and I get the feeling in my heart that I'm doing the right thing. So that's kind of the what I use to guide myself a bit. I love that. that. That's so cool. And as I said, I think it comes ac- across in every single thing you do, and I think that's just wonderful. So where did that come from, though? Like, what I'm trying to get at is, like, how did you get so wise at such an obviously young age? You've got this obviously real connection with yourself and connection with your body and seemingly connection with everything in nature around you. You know, where did that philosophy come through from for you? It's funny you should say that. I remember literally like a year ago I was having a chat with my mum and she goes, how are you so wise? And I was like, I don't know. I just really, I have been lucky enough at a young, a really young age, um, somebody somebody said to me a lot of people go throughout life without feeling, and this is pretty intense, so you, you, listeners might not like this, but a lot of people go throughout life and they say the percentage is something like, 90% without feeling real love and without living their real passion. Mm. And I remember hearing that at about 18 and that was when I met Kane, that that um, boy that we moved to Queensland and stuff with, and I felt real love then. And when I started filming and doing this kind of stuff, I felt real connection to my passion and my, um, you know, what inspired me from inside. So um, because at a young age I feel like I experienced them, I will never settle for anything less. Like it's nice. it's always still hard to go through a breakup, but I have felt real love. So I've now, um, if I know that it's not that, you know, as deep and as authentic as what I know that I want, well, then I have the courage to be able to step away from it because I am aware that the awesome stuff is out there. Same with career stuff. There was a point in my career about three, three or four years ago, I was on morning TV and I was in a bit of a dark place. I'd been through a, a really bad breakup, eating disorder stuff, and I was just in a really – I just did, I'd lost connection to myself and I'd lost a lot of self-worth. And um, I was on morning TV talking about how to have a Victoria's Secret angel body. And I remember I got off stage and I started crying. And I was like, oh, my God, you are not inspiring anyone. I took six months off. Mm. And I did my yoga teacher training because I felt like that I was doing a disservice to my own heart. And if I wanted to spread a good message, I I can't be talking about how to have a, a model kind of body. It's not, well, I don't think it's very health conscious at all. Anyway, um, in the way that I was doing it and, and I think 
I remember I um, after I did my yoga teacher training, I really questioned whether I wanted to work in media because there's a great side to it and the side that we're talking about now is amazing. Yeah. There's also a, a fake side and a, a, there's a brutal side where you won't get cast for a gig because of your hair color. Like there's a, there's a lot of um, failure before you see success, even for me right now. Like I'll do screen tests. I did screen tests a few months ago and the gig didn't get picked up and that's fine. That's just part of it. But it's a... It is a, like a tough industry and um, I sat with myself and I, I had this, I have this thing called a dream book or a manifesto book and I I was really at a low point. I was in the middle of my teacher training and I was just really forced to kind of like face myself and I thought, what, and I had a blank page and I said, what would you do if nothing else mattered? And the first thing I wrote was live in a tree house. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I thought, okay, that's great. Um, that'll definitely happen one day. I'm like, okay, what else? And I was like, I'd love to be filming really cool docos or really cool content that inspires me and can inspire others. And the second I wrote that, I was like, you're on point. That's exactly what you were meant to be doing. You just yeah. need to get your values out again. Like you really need to realign values. And so since then I've never questioned um, my moral and I'm, I will comfortably um, – like say it how it is. Like I get burnt all the time on social media for, you know, um, going to certain. Like I remember um, last year I was an ambassador for um, a charity that, that feeds homeless people all across Australia, and they had a big event at a Melbourne Races Carnival, like the Melbourne Cup Carnival, and I was yeah. there filming for them. And um, there's a it's called Pin It and Win It. So when you go to the Melbourne Cup, you buy this little pin, and everyone gets offered it. But all the money goes towards this charity, and the charity was called Second Bite. And um, anyway, so I was filming for them all day, and it was all it was great cause. All to, and they raised so much money, and I was so honoured to be involved. And I put a picture up on my social media for that, and I got accused of being a horse murderer because oh, I God. not by one person, by hundreds. Like it was. Wow. Next- and I went through, and my dad's a vet, and he said, this is ridiculous, like horses. Obviously, there is, I believe there is definitely an ethical side to the races, but he said, you know, as a vet, you know, and as a horse vet, which is what he was trained in when he was younger, he said, you know, um, race horses, there is a dark side, but they do get treated very ethically in certain parts, you know, in the way that they're reared and whatnot. And I, and I said, I don't, and he said, you don't need to write back to any of these people because you've done nothing wrong. I said, I don't care. And I sat there all night and I responded to every single piece of paper. <laughs> every single one. So what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm very comfortable facing that. I, I've got no, um, it doesn't bother me if I'm going to ruffle people's feathers because everything I do uh, does come from a very real place. And if I stuff up, I'm first to say, holy smoke, sorry, I stuffed up. Wow. I tell you what, I'm, I'm feeling a Lola Berry show on the wellness couch. I'm just thinking, putting it out there just to be able to say and do whatever you want. You know, it can be how to be a whimsical gypsy living in a treehouse. You know, that'd be a great show. Absolutely. Let's make it set a treehouse. <laughs> nice. I love that. All right. So, uh, Lola, let's get into some of the more physical aspects of it. So, obviously, yoga is a really big part of you and what you do. So, uh, you sort of mentioned how you came across yoga, but how does yoga fit into your life and how does it fit into this broader picture? So for me, the best way to describe yoga is yoga is a gift that I give myself and through teaching I get to share that gift with others. That's the, the feeling that I get from yoga. As far as teaching yoga, at the moment I've been doing a book tour and I've been lucky enough to be travelling a little bit at the moment. So you're just not in a position to be in one place to teach at a studio regularly. And it's really funny when I don't teach, oh, my God, I get so much yoga because I practice. Like I was almost late for this interview because I was doing a yin yoga class. Like. <laughs> 
I I really do love yoga and I've recently just been on a yoga retreat in New Zealand and I remember on the last day, we because you do yoga morning and night and you do restorative or yin-style yoga in the evening, and I remember I got into the first pose in the last night and I just went, oh, my God, I love yoga so much. Like it's, it's, a, it's the best um, gift that I feel like I can give myself, I think, as well. Like I understand what my Achilles heel is. Like I know from the history of eating disorders and all that kind of being depressed and things like that, I know that mental health is probably my something that I've always got to nourish and look after. And for me, yoga feels like I do feel really clear when I do it. So that's the physical side of it. But the – oh, and then, of course, like you get good yoga abs if you do it all the time. That's another physical. But, again, like it becomes a, such a byproduct that it doesn't really – for me, what I love about yoga is just like I feel like my heart is more open. Like I feel like I'm more open to meeting cool people, to having really cool experiences, to backing myself. When I've pulled away from yoga for a little while, I know it's when I'm out of alignment and I notice that it happens when I'm really stressed and really tired. And I learnt um, from one breakup, I stopped going to yoga because every time I'm in this pose, it's called Ustrasna or camel. It's really deep back bend. I'd start crying and like that's well and good. But like <laughs> people used to ask me about smoothie recipes and stuff after class and I'd walk out like <laughs> in tears. And so I remember I stopped yoga for six months after that breakup because I just couldn't face um, crying in yoga all the time. And I remember when I came good, I just made a deal with myself that I'd never do that again. And so um Funnily enough, I'm going through the same thing now, breakup, but I haven't given the yoga up because it's just so, uh, to me, it just keeps me clear and it keeps me, because you get really like, in any breakup, I think you face insecurities and things like that. And normally when I'm doing yoga, I can catch them a lot quicker and go, oh, that's not, that's not a reflection of you at all. That's just, you know, this specific scenario or something like that. So I think yeah, yoga brings clarity. I do all forms of yoga. I love all different types of yoga. Yin yoga is something that I really um, I put a lot of time into making sure that I get yin because I see it as a form of meditation as yeah. well. Well, that was going to be my next question, Lola, because when you were in Adelaide, we had this awesome chat and you were talking to me about yoga and you are explaining how like different sorts of yoga can be good for different people and even different sort of situations or times in your life. So if you could go into that a little bit, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of like, especially like your audience would be a lot of like paleos. Um, so a lot of paleos love CrossFit. Are you a CrossFitter? I'm not a CrossFitter, but I like my functional fitness. Okay. And primal stuff and all that jazz. Yeah. Stuff, right? Yeah. So I train twice a week with a primal trainer as well. So I kind of, I'm understanding what you're saying there. But I find that when you're lifting and you're like doing these explosive exercises on your body, you do get amazing results and, and whatnot. But I find that people and specifically males that are doing weights or, um, you know, that kind of like where your body is really kind of like push limits even for just a short amount of time, put them in a yin room. And because yin works on the fascia and the tendons, it is really good for making your muscles work better basically in other more dynamic exercises. So I love to run, you know, and I do love to, to train hard at the gym. Like I said this morning doing like I did a I had to do these like bike sprints and then ball slams, then bike sprints, then ball slams and and then like to be able to go into yin a few hours later, like to me it feels like and they say it's should a lot of people say yin should be done the opposite way around where you use it when the muscles are colder, which is why yin is often not in a heated room. And But, you know, you've just got to make it work for when you can get there. And then vinyasa, 
yoga is where vinyasa translates loosely to movement and breath so that's where you're literally moving with your breath um i like that it's more it's probably more dynamic so i like that first thing in the morning or you know if i know i'm not going to go to the train or i'm not going to go for a run that day i'll get a vinyasa class in because you can get a bit of you build what we call tapas which is like um fire you build fire and you can feel yourself like sweating a truckload but it's it's like this inner sweat it's really fascinating it's really cool i also love vinyasa because often and they do it in yin too it depends where you go though they'll talk to spiritual stuff like they'll talk in sanskrit and like say words like um shakshin which is a word where you to to be in shakshin means that you can be the witness but stand in the fire and i like those kind of like those kind of like little ways of living and they say you always need to have stirasukha and it means the balance of strength and softness and it's really nice to take some of those yogi philosophies out off the mat and and a really cool thing that I say whenever I taught was the way that you show up on your mat is often a reflection of how you are off the mat and in life and a lot of people don't like hearing that especially me like I'll get I'll get frustrated with the teacher they're moving too slow or if they're talking too much and it's like this is obviously I get I'm I've got a short fuse like I must get frustrated in other you know areas off the mat so um, yoga is amazing. I would recommend it to anybody at all. It just it's and I think more than anything else, it really opens your heart. And life's too short to have a closed heart. Yeah, I love that. Actually, Karen Smith talks about that a lot. She's one of our hosts on the Wellness Couch, and she always says, "Yeah, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything." You know, and yeah. I think I think it's so, it's so true. And as you said, the first time you hear it, you're like, "No, it's not." <laughs> and then the longer you keep going with it and sort of working through it, you realize, "Yeah, it kind of is." Um, yeah. So what I love about that, Lola, I love the beautiful balance you have towards your life and the way you, you know, you complement the, the more high intensity functional fitness with the slower yoga and, you know, you really do have that seemingly just that perfect, beautiful balance, which is just fantastic. So I'd love you though to talk a little bit more now about from the diet side of things. I know that you've sort of uh, not necessarily a, a totally paleo diet nowadays, although you have sort of gone through and worked around that as well. You know, how did you initially get into uh, I guess a more paleo diet, and and then what have you done since then? How have you evolved from there? Yeah, so um, I did go on a really strict paleo diet. Uh, well, it was probably a while ago, probably like five or six years ago now, and it were I lost weight, a lot of weight on it. So I lost twenty kilos in twenty weeks on that way of eating. And any time that I feel like I've kind of like lost my way with my diet a bit, which still happens to this day. Uh, I will go back to a paleo way of eating within two weeks and your body just kind of like, ping, it just kind of, it's fascinating. Your body just quickly responds so well to that way of, that way of eating. And I know that I feel clear. I feel strong. I've done things before. I've done bouts of being vegan and vegetarian, obviously, because I'm like pretty into ethics and the yogi stuff. A lot of um, yogis pr- prefer a more vegan lifestyle yeah. and, and for the ethical reasons and sometimes I have those moments I've got to admit to this day I sometimes think oh well, I'd love to just like really be live on you know live in the wilderness and you know kind of have that way of living but um, I know my body responds so well to kangaroo and fish <laughs> and you know I feel so good when I eat those things so um I think that a paleo way is probably a very, very, very healthy way to live. As far as how my diet's changed from then to now is probably I have a little bit of quinoa here and there. In my books, like I will still say if, if you know, if you don't have an intolerance to dairy, using a bit of um, goat, sheep, or even a little bit of like good quality organic cows yogurt, I, I write about and I 
um, definitely like I'll allow in, in any of my books allows a weird word, but like I'm very pro having, and I think, um, I think as well for me, like just having been on strict diets and, and, and that's why I was even so excited that the happy cookbook was called the happy cookbook as opposed to a diet, because I think it's about like really eating whole real food and doing what makes you happy and nourishing yourself in a way that makes you happy. And I think when you have a really good mindset, you're more compliant when it comes to eating healthy food. So yeah, for me now, it's just all about whole foods. It's obviously very paleo inspired. Like I still don't eat any, I don't go near any gluten, um, any dairy, unless, yeah, the one-off situation where there's a bit of yoga, but I always pay for it like three hours later. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I just try to keep it real whole foody, real clean. I, I like to think that um, the way that I choose to eat may have a positive impact on the environment. Like nice. if I can when I can, you know, like when I can shop at farmer's markets and going organic and things like that. Obviously, I know that costs a lot more. So, like, I don't always do that as well. It's just when I can. Yeah. And so how do you choose on a day-to-day basis, Lola? I'm asking this because I reckon you might have an interesting answer to this. But, you know, is it quite intuitive? Is it, you know, obviously it sounds like you sort of fluctuate a little bit more, sometimes more towards a vegetarian or vegan, sometimes maybe a little bit more paleo. You know, how do you, do you just listen to your body? What, how do you choose on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, totally listen to my body. It also depends on what exercise I do. So if I'm ramping up the like the PT sessions and I know that I'm doing that more explosive exercise, I will definitely make sure that there is um, a complete protein in my diet, so some form of meat. Um, because if I don't do that, uh, I will find that I get over hungry for sweet things the next day. So I'll just be like, oh, I just feel like, you know, raw chocolate or date balls, and I know that that's my body going – where you're actually a bit protein deficient or that's what I'm that's what I feel like is going on um that said if I have a day where I'm not as active or I'm you know I'm just going to be able to get a walk in that day and a run and you know or something lighter like a jog or just a yoga class and not that it's just but like compared to like some dynamic exercise you know it wouldn't it wouldn't phase me to do a day where I you know do go vego that day I think um even in the paleolithic days i'm sure there were days when they didn't get to they didn't catch the deer (laughs) you know (laughs) so i think um yeah it's definitely still a paleo way it's always involves greens and it always you know is involving the one thing that i always go through phase of is if i do smoothies or not i've just started to get over the smoothies because it's too cold so (laughs) i've started actually now making dinner enough when i have leftovers from dinner i make enough for breakfast the next day and i'll heat up and have it so that's probably more i'm probably actually more paleo now than I have been in a long time, so nice. Yeah. So, Lol, I've got one last question that I really want to ask you. We've only actually got a couple of minutes left, and this is probably a question that could have been a whole episode, but I want to ask you anyway because obviously you've had some experience before with, um, you know, with eating disorders and with those sort of emotional challenges that can go along with that. And you know, often when we talk about healthy eating, we talk about diets and those sort of things. You know, we we do then talk about the risk of the the orthorexia and the you know the the over. Uh, you know, the too many rules, I guess, essentially, um, you know, how do we find that balance or how do you find that balance? Oh, like I have been in the past shamelessly, um, orthorexic, like really obsessed with stuff. I think now, um, I've, my mentality has completely changed. Like there are times when 
I will kind of just be like, I feel like eating this and, and I really enjoy Like, and I love a good burger and I just make sure I make a smart choice and get the, like the paleo burgers that you can get at grilled. Like I'm really smart about yeah. um, when I want to have a treat, I'll let myself have a treat. But at the same time, I also own it now. So um, if I did go, oh, no, this week I just feel like really cleansing or, you know, just really kind of eating heaps of greens and not eating out for a week or something like that, I would be very comfortable owning that and going out and catching up with mates and, you know, eating before I go. Like that wouldn't bother me because I I believe that your health is your own journey. That said as well, I I can do the opposite and go out four or five nights a week. Like I'm just, it also depends on, um, like you're, I know I, I travel a lot. I was saying I haven't been in one place more mm. than three days since February. So <laughs> um, that sometimes has an impact on like I find I eat out a lot more when I do that. So, you know, it's just honestly it's just about being okay with it and owning it wherever you are in your health journey. But, yeah, I go through phases of like almost you could call it orthorexia. I just feel like doing heaps of yoga and heaps of cleansing and lots of smoothies or juices and lots of like greens and fish and I go into that kind of mode and I love doing that. Like I love and getting heaps of sleep and you know, I don't know, I think your health is always changing. It's always a journey. You just gotta make sure that you're doing it for you. Yeah, and I think that's the ultimate answer, isn't it? Like I actually just wrote an article for my website which is called Why I Never Cheat. And the whole purpose of the article was to not to say that I'm perfect but to say that I just don't consider it cheating, you know, because yeah. because I do what I do because I love myself and I want to give myself the best, not because I feel like I have to do it. And I think that's essentially the difference, isn't it? Yeah, it's all mindset, all mindset. So you can either go, oh, my God, I, I'm, you know, if I said to you right now, you can never eat a, a chocolate brownie ever again in your life, what's the one thing you want to go out and eat? Yeah, exactly. Chocolate you know brownie I mean? right now. Yeah, restrictions are the worst. So just like really I think – just I look at food like this. I think, one, it's here to nourish you, and two, it's here to share with the people you love. So nice. I always will come back to that when I sit down for a meal. I'm like, am I, if I'm out and indulging, am I doing it with someone that I love mindfully? Yeah. If yeah. I'm not, if I'm at home, is it just really nourishing me and I'm, and I'm doing it for myself? Yeah. So I think they're two really good ethoses or values to think about when you think about food. Beautiful. Well, I've absolutely loved this talk, Lola. We get, I'm going to have to get you back on again because I think we could talk for at least another three or four or five episodes. So <laughs> we got so much stuff we could talk about. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, so for our listeners, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to Lola's website, I should mention, at lolaberry.com. And let's help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.